I'm Henry Brigman, and this is a continuation of our special series on fraud prevention right here on Sweet Home PCB. Today's guest is a team leader in Western North Carolina with Keller Williams. His name's Kel Wright. He has a background in cybersecurity with a lot of information that will help each of us to learn how to be safer online and in person. So now let's get this started. You're listening to Sweet Home PCB. Welcome to Sweet Home PCB. And I know we talked last week about real estate scams and some of the things with title. Of course, you've been with KW for a while. You're up there uh, in North Carolina and Atlanta, and you understand a lot. Even as a labs advisor, you know a lot of the technical aspect and, of course, your background in cybersecurity. Are there any sort of scams that you have seen in your market centers? Wow. That is such an open-ended question. It's, it's great to be with you, uh, first of all. Um, I have seen so many, and that's kind of what led me down this rabbit hole. My father was in law enforcement, uh, and I studied to be, uh, I was on track to be a federal agent uh, and with uh, with all my education, with everything that I put together. And along about year three, I actually got my hands on an FBI application. I looked down and it said, uh, maximum uncorrected vision 2080. And I already knew that I had 2,400 by that point. And they would not accept, uh, at the time, all we had, we didn't have laser, we had uh, the radio keratotomy. And so I got knocked out of that. Um, after 9-11 happened, uh, I went into telecommunications, worked with a lot of uh, cyber stuff. And after 9-11 happened, I uh, found myself unemployed uh, and said, I'm going to go back to my passion. I'm going to get LASIK now, which would be accepted. And I'm going to go back into that. I started building up my resume again, went through private security, executive protection detail, worked with um, athletes, politicians, um, uh, Fortune 100 leaders. And um, then I just uh, had a change of heart, went in a different direction and went into real estate. So my passion's always been in that. Uh, And I saw firsthand one of our um, office's client just about lose $25,000 worth of earnest money because they fell for the scam saying, we need to change the account that your, um, that your uh, money is going into. Here's the new wiring instructions. And we, we managed to catch it just in time, but I've seen so many people fall for so many different, so many different scams. So yeah, it's, I, I want to help prevent as, as, that as much as possible. I'm glad you do because we're both in the same boat on that. We both have a big passion for cybersecurity and, and trying to keep yourself safe because it's mm-hmm. important when you're buying a home, you've got to make sure that money's going in the right place. And of course, even outside of that, with seniors especially, they're so, they think they're easy mm-hmm. pickings. Thankfully, not all of them are, but they're so trusting. I think that's part of that generation right. too. It's because you know, they say, you say you're from the bank and we need to check on your account. Now Mm -hmm. the bank's not going to call you up and ask for your your personal information, your passwords and all that. Right. But people feel like they just can tell them anything. And and it is so, the problem is um, it's so innocent. There's a, there's a line in, in law enforcement says we don't catch the smart ones. The, the smart ones are very good. They're uh, very, they make it seem so innocent. It, it's things that you want to do. There are these games that you can play. Let's go answer some questions. Um, and all of a sudden you're giving away all the security questions that you would use to get into your bank account if, if you needed to. Um, it just, you know, not to, not to call you out, but I had your Facebook profile up here on my other screen and it took me two seconds to find your mother's maiden name. Yep. Um, which is not, so, which is something that I have to make sure that I change out. Uh, right. Yes. Because I can't use that as a security question. Right. Right. Um, there, there's that. And it says, you know, what's your favorite color? Uh, you know, where did you go to school? What year did you graduate? These are the questions that we're playing on Facebook all the time. And those are the questions that a lot of institutions are using as security questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, for me, I, I know what my mother's maiden name is. It's early, uh, and you all you have to do is look at the obituary that, that lists me as her son, and you can see she's listed as Kathy, Kathleen Early Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would never, ever use that that last name. I used the last name of a different family member uh, that is a couple generations back that uh, is on a different side, mm-hmm. uh, and I use that consistently. So, uh, you know, just 
we fall for it because we just want to believe that we're in a in a world where people are good. And yes, I believe that uh, that I'm like um, I believe it was Anne Frank who said, you know, I, I believe genuinely that people are good at heart, and I do. However, there's a segment of society that is not, and we just have to plan for the best and uh, plan for the worst and, and expect and hope that for the best. So it's so easy to be trusting and it's so easy to kind of let yourself go and play those games and do those surveys. Uh, of course, another one that, that kind of irks me is the ones that, you know, how many States have you been to? How many, where have you all, right. have you lived? Well, you know, that's right. one of those questions where you've lived or some of the security questions with the credit reporting agencies. So exactly. Uh, do you really want to give that information up? I don't think so. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about our family and, and, you know, our family members receiving calls um, right I would say probably three months before my dad passed, the telephone rang here at the house. He didn't have caller ID, and I happened to answer it. And the voice on the other end said, Pa? And I said, hang on, Matt. Uh, this is Kale. Let me pass it to Dad. And I, I kind of watch out of the corner of my eye, and, and I go on, and I, I realize that something's not right. And my dad, who had been law enforcement, was going along with this and and he brings me over and he tells me that Matt's been arrested in Virginia and that we need to send him money. I felt bad because I I'd been right there on the very beginning of it. It was completely the luck of the draw that two things fell into place. Number one, the person on the other end of the line sounded exactly like my nephew Matt. Mm-hmm. I, I as soon as I heard the words, I, I said, that's Matt, that he was perfect. And uh, growing up, the kids called my parents Papa and Mama, uh, and so as they got a little bit older, then that became Paul and Mama. Mm-hmm. And so I know it was the luck of the draw that the voice sounded exactly like Matt and said the exact way that my dad would be uh, referred to. You just have to stay on top of these things and be aware of them because fortunately I had already heard of that scam, uh, and so I immediately called family members and asked where Matt was. Um, and I, I picked up the phone and I texted a friend of mine in, in uh, Secret Service and I said, you know, how do you want me to play this? So um, we felt it best given the situation, given my dad lived by himself. He was elderly that we were just disengaged at that point. But, you know, they, they're very slick, very slick. What are some things, some, some tips really that we could use for our listeners to understand not do on Facebook? I think we've talked about a couple of those. And one of those is the, is the questions, the quizzes. And if you do those, it's, it's fine to play those. Just make sure that your, your security questions are not what you're giving away. It's very easy. Everybody's birthday is listed. Um, so I don't, I don't need to uh, go very far to find you know, where somebody's birthday is. And even if they don't list their birthday, uh, generally, if I scroll back far enough, I will see them saying, I went out and did this today since it's my birthday, even though they don't identify it. So just be mindful of what things, what questions you're being asked as security questions for whatever you're signing up for and what answers you're giving. And of course, you always want to be consistent in the answers that you give. So like I said, you know, you may use your third cousin's grandmother's maiden name instead of your mother's maiden name, uh, but always make sure it's that same one because uh, the last thing you want to have happen is to get locked out of that. Uh, another thing is to have a strong password. I actually just had to start over because my Instagram password was not very strong and I had my Instagram and Facebook linked together. Facebook was a strong password. I just had not updated my Instagram password. And because they were linked together, Meta shut me down completely on both of them, locked me out and permanently banned me. I lost 15 years of content, content myself. Wow. Uh, so make sure that you do have those strong passwords. Um, there is something that, that is called leet speech. Uh, and that is in techie world, they people like to refer to themselves as being elite so it's called elite or elite speech and it's basically instead of an a you use an at symbol instead of an h you use a pound symbol instead of an s you use a dollar sign that sort of thing Uh, so what i typically uh, tell people to do is to come up with a combination of uh, two words that is a goal that they want to achieve 
uh, for that year or that six months. And maybe you're working on coaching your kids uh, basketball. And so you would use coach b-ball uh, and instead of the uh, you know instead of the o in coach you use a zero uh, and instead of the two l's in ball you would use one one something to that effect just kind of change it up but uh, the thing is you're not generally going to have to type that more than two or three times because your uh, your computer is going to save it uh, another thing that i highly encourage is a webcam cover um, they can actually get in. And in a recent meeting uh, with uh, FBI Secret Service, I asked, uh, as we were wrapping up, just out of curiosity, I said, raise your hand if you have a webcam cover. And every single FBI and Secret Service agent in, in the room raised their hand uh, because that is a security thing. They're, they're very cheap. I actually bought them, bought them in bulk to, to send out to my clients. They're really cheap. You can use a post-it note if you want to. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be complex. doesn't have to be sliding or logos or anything like that. Just use a post-it note, something you can take off and on. Uh, so just um, be, just kind of keep up with some of the, the trends that you're seeing um, because uh, you know, they do constantly change. Uh, one we're seeing a lot of times in real estate is people wanting to contact through WhatsApp. Uh, and I haven't gone down that rabbit hole to find out exactly what they're doing once they switch over to WhatsApp, but, uh, but there's, uh, there's some connection there. So if, if the client is reaching out and saying, um, I don't really want to chat on messenger, let's contact here on WhatsApp. Uh, that should be a red flag. Uh, if, if the contact has extremely broad criteria, uh, or a lead, I should say has extremely broad criteria. We're looking at a home in your area, somewhere between 500 and thousand and $6 million. That's not realistic. So uh, there are just some things that uh, that just set off the the hairs on the back of your neck. And what I can say more than anything is trust your gut. It's it's generally uh, something's going to not seem right, and just follow the instinct. I know we've talked about this before. Uh, the number one thing that they use is fear. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know because fear. And the emotion, you know, right after that is, is how they get you to react to things. Uh, and I think I've told you before of a uh, Facebook situation where, uh, it was linked to my page. They, they put, they tagged my page and, uh, they said that, you know, you're going to be, uh, your page is going to be deleted if you don't do all this, whatever. Well, uh, what I did was I went ahead and went through the business pages where you check all everything and you see that everything is exactly right i'm all all on the green light everything's good right so it's like okay so the most important thing was this was actually a facebook page somebody made up and there's a lot of those out there and they just multiple yes yeah multiple people getting tagged all at once facebook's not going to contact you like that they're not going to tag you from a page and expect you to log in which that's how they get you because they log in they have you log in on that they're getting your username and password and then what they do is they add people to manage your business page they get yes. people to add, you know, ad managers and all that. And then all these different people from all over the world, you know, they they have control of your page and they're spending money on ads with your money, with your credit exactly. card account, all that, which is yes. which is the number one reason why I don't do anything directly on Facebook. I do everything <laughs> through command uh, through Keller Williams because I know it's protected. I know it's safe. Uh, yes, because everything through here, we've got a lot of safeguards through for our own system. Uh, yes, I like what Gary Keller said at family reunion, successful businesses and successful real estate companies don't rent their, their CRMs. They don't, they don't. Yeah. And that's what a lot of companies do. So the parent company or whoever, they get all your information. Mm -hmm. Well, we all, right. all that stuff stays here and we we have multiple ways to protect us with you being also a, a labs advisor you've come across some agents that probably have been a little bit lax and clicking on some 
things they shouldn't. Um, I will say, uh, before I go into that, I will say that we didn't really publicize it. Um, however, we early on in the development were very, I don't want to say we were anti virtual assistant. We were very hesitant, uh, because we were aware that a lot of agents were hiring virtual assistants that they would find on their own. And this is a person you're paying maybe $5 an hour. Chances are they're actually getting $3 an hour. And uh, we found out early on that there were quite a number of them that were taking uh, and, and they were working for doing the work for the agent. And however, they would get comfortable, get the agent comfortable with them. And they would download the agent's database uh, onto a thumb drive and they would go and sell it on the black market. Wow. So the agent's database became public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were very cautious uh, in the command groups. We would not admit, we would not uh, accept uh, virtual assistance into that. Now, there are very reputable virtual assistant companies out there. And I will say that that I know several of them that, that own companies that do that, and they vet their people very well. However, just going and finding some random person that is going to do all this work for $4 an hour uh, and expect that they're not going to, you know, if they haven't been vetted, that they're not going to do something to make more than $4 an hour uh, is a little bit naive. Uh, so be mindful that you're going through a reputable company when you are hiring someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, agents clicking on certain links. Yes, we've had that. We've, um, a lot of times we will have people that go and sign up to a website, uh, sign up on a, a landing page and say, uh, I want more information. Uh, it's what the page is designed for. However, the person that is, is sending the information says, um, here's my criteria. Uh, and it's a link to a Google drive. And of course, as soon as you go to it, it's, it's not actually a Google Drive. It mirrors it perfectly. And it says to see this person's criteria, you have to log in using your Google criteria, Google login. That's not normal, um, especially if you're already logged in. And so um, so be mindful of that. There, that was one that was very popular. It would say, uh, I, I've already laid out everything for you that I'm looking for in a home. Or uh, here is the here's the HUD statement, and it would require you to log in, and you would realize that you were not going to gmail.com, you were going to gmall.com, or you were going to um, Yahoo with two zeros.com, uh, and so you were putting in your login information to go to the go and access something that should be readily available. There should already be your relationship built before you even you ever do that. Uh, so that would be that would be one of the key things that I would say was was most prominent. Talking to Kel Wright, Keller Williams, he's uh, in the Atlanta area, also west Western North Carolina, uh, team leader. Yes. Try, uh, let's say team leader, labs advisor. You know, all right, good guy, and trying to get himself a garden in <laughs> Western yes. North Carolina yes, right yes. now. Absolutely, uh, and we appreciate you taking a break from there. You got some decent weather up there. I, I would think so. Oh, it's now. absolutely gorgeous outside. Yes. Now this is a little bit more advanced. Okay. Uh, however, I I do want to to go into it. The most critical thing that I have found for preventing uh, for keeping myself from falling for anything is is actually something that I learned in the EPRO designation from NAR, and it's called a catch all email address. Okay. Uh, so my website is realtorkale.com. And if you were to ask me uh, for my email address, now now you went and found it through our, our company directory. If you were to ask me for my email address, my email address that I would give you would be uh, would be Rigman uh, at realtorkale.com. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's coming from you. Uh, and I say that because just this morning, I looked uh, on my phone and I noticed that I had gotten an email from Truist that my bank account uh, was, had a security concern. I don't have a security or I don't have a bank account at Truist. And I immediately went and I, and I saw where it had come from. And I knew that it, it was a data leak that had been with that company. Um, I, when we got our Acura back in 2010, I signed up with uh, Acura with Sirius XM and the amount of spam that got sent to Sirius XM at one of my other domains mm-hmm. just absolutely blew me away. Uh, and 
So um, having a catch-all email address really is pretty easy to set up. Most of them allow you to set up an email forwarding where the email address is an asterisk, a wildcard feature at whatever your domain. So I, let's say I have kelwright.com, asterisk at kelwright.com, and then I can create, and as soon as I go into target, they get target at kelwright.com. When I go to Best Buy, they have Best Buy at kelwright.com. And so therefore, when I get an email that's supposedly from Wells Fargo and the email comes to Best Buy at kelwright.com, now, haven't had that happen. I'm just stating clearly that's an example. I know immediately that that is not a real email because my bank has um, not not at kelwright.com, but my bank has, let's say, bank at kelwright.com, and that's the only way that they will reach out to me. They're not going to reach out to me at realtor at kelwright.com or facebook at kelwright.com. So immediately being able to spot that through a catch-all email address it is an absolutely critical and i say that is the number one tip that i could ever give anybody to uh to be mindful of your uh, situations is to have a catch-all email address set up so that every single place you go has a different one you don't have to go in and set them up individually once you have that catch-all i could give you the email address of one two three four funny guy and it, it's still going to come to me it's going to come in the exact same mailbox it's not going to look any different it's just going to say two, one, two, three, four, funny guy. And I immediately know that, that you know, whether it matches the message or not. Let's look at text messages because we get a lot of text mm-hmm. messages, especially yes. in our business. Our, you know, my favorite is, are you a realtor in blank city? Whatever it is. Right. Okay. And you've seen a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think I've had um, in the last week, 10 from 10 different cities within our area, you know, all trying to do the same thing, whether it's somebody who's trying to sell a referral service that may or may not be legit or another one of those people that want to get you on WhatsApp. Uh, Are you seeing similar things also up there? I am seeing that most of the time. The good news is that is uh, not a hack or, or an attempt to hack. Most of the time that is an attempt to sell. Uh, of course, I'm always uh, that always gets my uh, gets my eyes open really wide to to see what's coming next. Sometimes I have fun with them and say, you know, uh, no, I left that and I went into the mortuary business. Do you have anybody that's that's dying soon? You know, or something like that. I sometimes play with them, uh, and sometimes I just won't respond at all. I just disengage. Uh, however, if it you can get a text message from an email address, I will say that if you are getting it from a phone number. I forwarded immediately to 7726, which spells out spam. Um, And once you do that, then your carrier will respond back and say, thank you for reporting this. What phone number did you get it from? And you just simply uh, enter the phone number that sent you that text. And it marks their phone number as as being a spam. Um, So that's that's a good thing. Um, And that actually just clued me back into something when we were talking about Facebook earlier. I see a lot of people saying, don't accept friend requests from me. I've been hacked. The good thing is 99 times out of 100, you haven't been hacked. Somebody has just gone and downloaded your picture, created a new account using your name. Uh, That is not a security issue for you as far as somebody having access to your account information. Generally, it is almost always a uh, situation where um, they just they want to be you. They know that you have uh, um, a presence. They know that you have an influence on people. And so they're going to say, you know what? Henry's got a great uh, sphere here. He, he, what he says, people pay attention to. So we're going to mimic him. So it's not something where you need to go in and change all your passwords and get freaked out and, and cancel your bank account. They're just creating something that looks like you. Yes. Cloning. And uh, is yes. is the term, and of course, a lot of people get that confused. Right. And I know I've I think I had ten of my Facebook friends in the last week, all say the same thing. And right, yes, that is exactly. something. And really, uh, one easy thing you can do is while you're bored and you're just searching for anything, search your name, search to see if there's mm-hmm. anybody that has a 
has your picture or a derivative of your spelling even. Yes. Because a lot of times that's where it's going to happen. I don't do a lot of business on fun messenger. I've, I've gotten to a point. It's like, I don't, you know, I really don't want to, you know, if you can't contact me through sweet home PCB at KW.com or one of the other ones that I have set up. Yeah. Why do that? If you're not going to do that, I feel like you're not legit. And the thing is my job is to protect my infrastructure my business mm-hmm. as well as my client's business. Uh, I don't want to give out information that I don't need to. I don't want to jeopardize uh, my servers or anything else just to allow people to try to spam me, sell me, uh, try to pretend to be me by logging in and getting all my information and seeing what's on uh, our online drives or anything like that. Uh, because, you know, I have to make sure that I do everything internal. I make sure everything is mm-hmm. safe. Uh, keep, you know, do a backup on a, uh, a separate hard drive that is not connected to the Internet. You know, yes, absolutely. I, because, you know, just simple things, because there I know folks that will use the same password for everything mm-hmm. and have for years you know, so much that even their friends know their password. <laughs> yes. Now, I'm not going to say I who will. that person is, but I know they're <laughs> listening to this me. podcast. I know they're listening to this podcast right now. And you better change that daggum password today. I will tell you, there is a little trick that I have that I, I do a generic password uh, if it's something that I don't think is going to, if it's something that doesn't have the capacity to, to um, cost me money, for example, with the account with Best Buy, I don't have a credit card stored there, um, or or with a weather account, something to that effect, I will use a generic password, and that generic password will be um, the first four letters of the the website that I'm at with. Uh, one or two of those being capitalized. I'm not going to say you know, what, which one. And then a f- sequence of four numbers that I know, and it, that it's not sequential numbers. It may be related to, um, you know, a childhood phone number. It may be related to the school bus that I wrote. But I use the first four letters of that website, followed by those same four numbers, uh, followed by a special character. Uh, so you know, when I'm weather.com they're not going to get anything. And if God forbid, weather.com got hacked uh, and they go to try to use W E A T, you know, one, two, three, four at Best Buy, for example, it's not going to work because Best Buy is going to be best one, two, three, four. You know, that is a little thing that I have because on those ones that I'm not truly concerned about getting hacked, it it saves me from having to remember all the different passwords. And Mm -hmm. uh, I actually, my partner uh, knows what the generic password is. So he knows that if he's going to pop a, Papa John's, it's going to be Papa with followed by those four same numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, that is a little trick that I use so that I don't have to remember and I don't have to use my valuable passwords like my the one that I use at my bank or with Social Security uh, at, uh, you know, Yahoo or not Yahoo or Wikipedia. So shall we say, since I have that up in the background. Uh, so, you know, Wikipedia would be W-I-K-I followed by this four. So uh, I don't have to use a, a 12 digit or 12 character long one that's hard to remember. Just, I just keep it generic there that way. One other thing that you said when you were talking about going and searching for your name, I highly encourage people to set up a Google search for their name. Thought that I was the only Kel Wright in the world. Uh, I actually now am Facebook friends with four of us. There are four of us that are Facebook friends. Uh, I have a Google search that is for Kel Wright. And there happens to be a, I think he was in high school and he just, he should be a sophomore in college now who is a track star. Uh, that has the name Kale Wright. And so definitely set up a Google search for your own name too. That's really pays off with if something gets out there and, and uh, gets uh, crawled, shall we say, to, to let you know that your name is being used. And there's so many different tricks scammers will mm-hmm. use, and they're always going to upgrade from there. They're, they're always going to do a little something different. I know yes. that we had a meeting at our uh, realtor association on some cyber stuff and talking about mm-hmm. passwords and how easy certain passwords are, how they could get them in seconds or minutes, or mm-hmm. it may take them 20 years. It, really, the idea is making sure you have all your information correct. Make sure that you're not doing anything 
there's st- people are still using password one. They're in there, they're, you know, like in two seconds, you know, they're in your account. Mm-hmm. People that are using these simple little things, their dog's name, their kid's name, mm-hmm. their yes. high school, their any of that type of stuff that they used to do. You get hacked one time, and I, and I don't care if you have nothing in the bank or millions in the bank, that, mm-hmm. that hacker can wreak havoc on you personally, professionally, and financially. And nobody wants that headache. The uh, the head broker at uh, Keller Williams' office here that I, uh, in North Carolina that I'm close friends with, um, about well, it was about three months, two months before my account got hacked, Instagram account. He happened to be out of state over Christmas. His account got hacked. His Instagram account did, and he had been running ads, so his credit card was on file. Uh, they shut him down permanently. So you can imagine being two or three states away over Christmas when nobody's working or they're working very scant hours and having to cancel your credit cards, cancel all your accounts, change all your passwords. Yeah, it can be a nightmare. So change those passwords at, at least every year. Ideally, change them every three months. Nobody's going to do that. I'm just going to say it. But if you could do it every six months, that would be good. Nine months, good. Every year at the at the minimum, change those passwords. Just make them something different. I know when I was working for Gray Television, uh, which they have a station here, WGHG, uh, it was one of the things that they required us. Every three months, we would have to change a password mm-hmm. uh, because everything being online, everything... Uh, being cloud-based, uh, all, we, you just can't afford to have anything hack, and that included our station Facebook page. All that stuff had to mm-hmm. be updated constantly. We had to make sure that even in our personal accounts, because if you were a manager of of that, chances are your personal account is set up as the manager. So you have yes. to make sure your stuff's taken care of. Because uh, I handle multiple business accounts uh mm-hmm. you know and it's i have to make sure that i'm taking care of i mean you will find i would think over 12 years of being on facebook you'll probably find something where somebody would slip up even me i've been very smart to change things around to change spellings to change different things that you know and keep track on, you know, keep mm-hmm. track on paper, have it locked up in a safe, whatever, or, you know, my security questions. So, and no one can read my handwriting anyway. <laughs> so I'm safe. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. my wife and son are like, we need to be able to right. see that if something happens. My wife is my legacy person. If anything happens to me, she can deal with whatever. Same thing with my business. Uh, in Florida, she has six months to get a real estate license to take over my business. There's whatever we need to do. I mean, we've got it all mm-hmm. in place. But the one thing people don't think about is your passwords, having a legacy account so somebody has access mm-hmm. Having those people that you trust being a backup. So if you lose your account for some reason, if they were hacked or what, these people can jump in and and help you to get your account back. A lot of people don't use Facebook the way it was originally designed. I mean, for anything and everything, we're attaching that to our business to, to the different businesses that we spend money with to. Mm-hmm our streaming services. One of the worst things you can do also, and I think you definitely agree with that, uh, is if you have a Google account, uh, having that Google account be the user and password for these third-party companies, having them just have control. I mean, they can do whatever. They get hacked. Not only is all your information on Google, you know, going to be accessed by somebody on the dark web, but you also, you know, if you save passwords, they get your passwords. If you saved any, you know, anything. We're talking about the, the accounts, uh, a friend of mine who lives just five houses away. Granted, this is a small town. However, the people in a small town and to the small businesses, it's a big deal. Uh, she happened to be running the uh, media for the local radio station that serves the, the entire area. Her Facebook account got hacked. And because she was the, the manager of that, they took over their radio station and uh, radio station's Facebook account, and they lost everything and had to start over from scratch. These are outlier cases. However, in those cases, I would actually have a, a backup account. 
fortunately, the account that I have now on Facebook it was my back, backup account. I had already started it. I already had it. I would say that the backup account runs my business account because my main account runs its mouth. Uh, and so I always had, I didn't have the things attached so that you could go through my main account and get to those. I ran them through a backup account that uh, I would log in strictly for the purposes of business. And you were talking about the legacies. One of the key things that I would say is either you have a password manager that is a secure password manager that someone else you have jointly. Uh, in my case, I had a password manager and my partner had the master password to that mm -hmm. and he had it written down. It was not recorded anywhere else. So if something were to happen to me, all he had to do was log into that particular account and he would ha have access to all my passwords. There's also two-factor authentication or 2FA as it's known, in which case says, uh, yes, your password is one authentication. Let's go for a second factor and that being, we're going to text you, we're going to email you, we're going to call you with a code. And a lot more places are starting to adopt the Google Authenticator. I highly recommend Google Authenticator. So I have right now, if I go to log into certain accounts, I have to open the app on my phone and it is a six digit code that is constantly changing every, I think it's like every 10 seconds. And I have to open the app and put in the code that is in there. And uh, so that's uh, a lot of people are familiar with a, a secure ID card that people would carry. It's basically the same thing in the principle that it's an algorithm that changes on a regular basis. So there are a lot of different measures you can take and put in place. I don't want people to live in fear and to go into a um, hermit style. Uh, it, it depends on your level of risk uh, that you're willing to take. It depends on you know if you are running things for a business, if you are running things for somebody else's business, it's even greater. You know, you just have to just be mindful. And the greater your presence on Facebook, people aren't going to hack your stuff just because they're your friend on Facebook. And I've had people say, well, I, I only, I'd want to get above 200 friends on Facebook because somebody might hack. No, these are people, you know, you're, be comfortable with where you are. Just be mindful that not everybody in this world is as, is as honest and pure as you are. And just take reasonable steps is what I would say. There are mm -hmm. settings in Facebook where you can... Yeah. On certain posts, you actually can control who sees it, such as, mm -hmm. you know, friends, except whatever. You can put all these people that are business, you can put acquaintances mm -hmm. in an area. You can put clients mm -hmm. in here. Certain things where you can actually change out to where only that area can, can see it. Now, would that be a better mm -hmm. way of doing things on some posts than others? Absolutely. And especially if uh, part of your personality can be... Um, Shall we say um, prickly uh, mm -hmm. or, or an outlier? Uh, for me, uh, I will say that everybody that I have not had a personal conversation with, whether it be in person or by phone or, or some other way, everybody that is a friend of mine goes immediately into the acquaintances. Uh, so the acquaintances think that they're seeing everything because they don't know what they're not seeing. If I want to share something that may be a little bit, I won't say risque, but or something that may be a little bit uh, controversial, shall we say, then it's going to be visible to every, visible to all my friends except for the acquaintance. And being personally being a gay guy, there are things that I'm going to want to celebrate about my relationship. And I just, I don't need everybody to know that. Yeah. So I have another one called accepting. And so people who are accepting uh, and people that would celebrate when I say, hey, it's our anniversary or Dennis and I went and saw this play together or we're taking a strip together, they go into accepting. And I do have people broken out for real estate agents, so I can exclude every real estate agent from seeing stuff that I'm doing. There, there are times where real estate agents uh, get the same material. It's like a comic. It's like 10 different comics telling the same joke. It, you know, it's great. But when you're around comics all the time, you, you don't want to hear it. So, you know, some of those things I will cut the real estate agents out of just so that they're not seeing it. So it's not annoying to them. And there are some things that I, I want to ask, hey, people in this industry, tell me about your experience with Block. And I, and I say that would be visible to only to real estate agents and mortgage professionals. Uh, and I have one that is um, where I live is Burke County. And uh, everybody that's is or is from is in or is from Burke County, it goes into Burke County. So if I want to ask something specific about, you know, what are some great things to do here in uh, Western North Carolina uh, on the weekend, I can make it visible to only them. So yes, I highly recommend categorizing that. Don't go overboard with it because it 
complexity is the enemy of implementation. The more complex it is, the harder it is going to be to implement and the less likely you're going to do it. So just focus on the things that you're actually going to do more than once. And I do have one that is called close friends. And if I'm going on vacation, they're going to be the only ones that see it. Uh, I just makes my skin crawl when I see someone post in, and I can tell that it's public because there's the icon of the globe there. They, hey, we're getting ready to leave for 10 days and the house is going to be empty and we won't have contact with anybody. I just think, why are you doing that? So, you know, I would only post we're going to be away. So if you don't see as many posts from me, that's why. Just keep it between between us, and that would only be to close friends. And that's generally, that's typically not more than 10 to 12 people in my world. And that's smart, because yeah. that's one of the number one ways that people get their homes broken into while they're on vacation. Yes. Because they are watching yes, exactly. that. They watch all your social media accounts. Uh, speaking mm -hmm. of social media accounts, uh, Kale Wright with us from KW up in uh, Western North Carolina and Atlanta. My cybersecurity expert and, and buddy up there. It's just some of these different things that are said in the media. Of course, you know, you can believe about 2% of what you hear, no matter mm -hmm. what, because there's so many perspectives that you're missing and you're not always getting the right thing because everybody loves clickbait. They love to get you to click on something right. that only tells half of it. And that's nothing political. That's just absolute. That's just a fact. Absolutely. This is somebody from 40 years of media and marketing. I know. Mm -hmm. This works. Yes. About some of the talk about some of this of different apps like TikTok and and the rest of them. Based on anything that you know and some of the, you know, just the permissions that they have, is that something that we should be worried about? Again, we go back to people operate off of fear. You get people to do things by either causing them to pull towards something positive or pull away from something negative. That's that's just how emotions, human emotions work. I don't believe that TikTok poses really any more danger than most of the other apps simply because you can close it on your account uh, or close it on your on your phone so that the app is not running. I would not want to give it location access personally, uh, except when the app is actually open. I think it's more that people, Congress can call in somebody like Mark Zuckerberg, call him on the carpet uh, for not... I'm just going to say the word censoring for not censoring information, whether it be justifiable or not. They, Congress can call them in and say, hey, get get your act together here, you know, or the local governments can say, hey, we gave you so much tax money for this. You know, you need to start uh, playing by the rules when it's somebody that's in China like TikTok, they don't have that leverage to say, if you don't give people towards this information, if your algorithm doesn't lead people down this direction, here's what we're going to do to you. They don't have that leverage. So I think that that's why the fear there really is. It just so happens that my partner is a is 33 years with phone company and he's a network architect. I'm having to be very cautious about not giving away proprietary information that that I do know, one thing that was discussed just within the past week or two is there are colleges that are banning apps uh, like TikTok from their Wi-Fi. So what they've seen is a significant, I can't give the number, but a significant increase in cellular data because the students are saying, forget this. If you don't allow me to do it through the, the university's Wi-Fi, I'm just going to turn off Wi-Fi and do it through my cellular. They're still going to do it. The attempt is there to kind of rein them in and uh, challenge them. I think that we all saw what happened in or what has happened in elections with with Twitter and with accounts that were fake accounts promoting things and and Twitter did nothing about them. Well, you know, they got called on the carpet. They had to answer to Congress. You can't do that when the company's in, in China, and that scares people who depend on power to, to stay in their position. That's a pretty good uh, insight on that. Sure. Yeah, and, and again, it is not political at all because we know that if you saw the movie, I believe it's called The, the Social, it was, it was the name of the movie, but that talked about Facebook and, and, and the different social media platforms we have. We are now at a point where both parts, both parties have moved so far to the extreme it used to be that the median democrat and the median republican were not that far apart now we've been divided as a community as a, as a population so much that the median right wing and the median left wing are so far in the opposite direction that it's really hard to, to bridge that so both parties uh, or all Anybody who's involved with politics is, is guilty at some level of that. So, the, you know, we're not pointing fingers in any direction at all. It's it's equal across the board. 
from what I've seen. Facebook, like, I don't know why people keep wanting to do this little, I saw it on channel 13. We got to <laughs> forward this thing over and we're going to just tell everybody they don't have access to our stuff. Well, guess what, folks? Uh, when you sign up for any, I mean, any website, any app, whatever, they have a privacy notice. They have all that information on exactly how your stuff's being used. 99.9% of the people don't even read the darn. They just click no. on Now, if you signed up for a free service, there are some that will allow you to opt out of them using your photos for ads or whatever. Mm -hmm. You actually are giving them permission to use your information. In most cases, yes. your information isn't always going to be all the private stuff, but maybe what you've been searching for. Thus, your ads are set up right. that way. Your likes or anything like that. You got a lot of that going on. So you could post whatever you want to on Facebook. The only thing that it might do is get you suspended or kicked off, mm -hmm. whatever, is put it posting something saying that I don't want my photos being used doesn't mean a hill of beans. And as you well know, it doesn't matter what photo or whatever you go on, just because you delete it doesn't mean it's off. The, the inter internet never, ever forgets. Uh, and so I saw a, I saw, saw a meme actually earlier today that said, dance as if nobody is watching email and text as if the rest of the world is recording it nothing gets deleted. There are screenshots that people posted something for just a split second and it's, it's it remembers. So just, you, you don't want to put anything out there that's going to come back and incriminate you. No, those, those things, I, I find them, I chuckle. I don't, I don't discourage them. I, I, I used to discourage them and say, oh, that's fake. You don't have to worry about that. I stopped discouraging it because I realized that the people who are posting that are at least taking some modicum of security and saying, even if it's completely invalid, they're doing something to, that they feel is protecting themselves. I, I love to laugh. I love comedy. And I learned a long time ago, you never tell somebody that it was a bad joke, because if you, if you don't laugh, they're not going to come back and tell you another joke. If you laugh, even though you've heard the joke 17 times, if you laugh, they'll come back and they're going to have a winner. And so you know, I don't discourage these people in the same vein, because if, if I say, you don't have to worry about that, that's fake, then I'm telling them some of these, don't don't take precautions. Even though this is not a good one, even though it's not valid, I want them to continue taking precautions. Kel Wright, we appreciate you being on uh, this podcast today and giving us a lot of great information. And remember, uh, if you need to get in contact with them, I'll get you a, a, a way to do that. Don't worry. And, yes. Yeah. And if you listen really close, you might have gotten a few ideas. But I'll tell you the real ones that he would like for you to uh, contact him from. I think a lot of people just are too careless at times. Yes. And, and they, they, yeah. they live off fear. They live off emotion. And they get their ego blown up when someone says something they don't like. They end up doing some really stupid things, whether it's clicking on something, whether it's going to a website they don't need to, that's not secure, that's not even the right website. Uh, you can be trying to buy a pair of boots and go to the wrong website with one letter off or target yes. where the E is actually a three or right. how, however you want to do. You just have to be mindful. You got to be careful. And most importantly, understand that not everybody's trying to get you, but that one person you don't want to let them in. You said it very well there. I think that there are some that are just being careless, just like you said. And I think that there, I always try to find the best in people. And I want to say that people think I wouldn't, I wouldn't do them. And so therefore they wouldn't do me in. And I think that because people who are good expect others to be good, they don't, they aren't mindful. They aren't, they don't catch it when somebody's not being good. And so, yeah, we just have to, I don't want anyone to live in fear. I just want you to be mindful of what could happen. Um, so, you know, and sheriff's departments are never going to call you and tell you that if you don't get them Apple gift cards, that they're going to come arrest you for you not showing up to, to jury. It's, it's just be mindful of the things that are outliers, that are different, that don't sound right to you. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It probably is. That's what we're going to end on. Thank you, Kel. We appreciate you being on the podcast. We got our closing statements coming up next on Sweet Home PCB. Stream the greatest hits everywhere you go. You make my stream come true. With the Beach 95.1 app on Beach 95.1.
One quick note on uh, your phone calls and these little phone scams that keep coming up. The illegal robocallers, their goal isn't always to get you to answer. Sometimes it's just getting you to call back. Every so often, your phone may ring just once and then stop. If that happens to you, you don't recognize the number, do not return the call. You may be the target of a one-ring phone scam. The one-ring scams may appear to be from phone numbers somewhere in the U.S., including three initial digits that resemble U.S. area codes, but these savvy scammers often use international numbers from regions that begin with three digits. For example, 232 goes to Sierra Leone, 809 goes to the Dominican Republic. Scammers may also be using spoofing techniques to further mask the number you call on that caller ID display. If you do call back, you risk being connected to a phone number outside the U.S. As a result, you may wind up being charged a fee for connecting along with significant per minute fees as long as they keep you on the phone. These charges may show up on your bill as premium services, international calling, or toll calling. Variations of the scam rely on phony voicemail messages urging you to call the number with an unfamiliar area code to schedule a delivery or to notify you about a sick relative. Well, simple things to do to avoid this particular scam. Don't answer or return any calls from numbers you don't recognize. Before calling unfamiliar numbers, check to see if the area code is international. One other take on that, you can always Google the phone number and find out if it's legit. If you do not make international calls, ask your phone company to block outgoing international calls on your line. And always be cautious even if the number appears authentic. You got to be careful in this world, folks. And that's what we're here doing this series about is trying to keep you careful, keep you safe, keep your money, keep your reputation, everything in check. You should be responsible for what you say, do, and spend, not some scammer from who knows where. We'll have more on this subject coming up in our next episode. We will wrap up our series on fraud and try to keep you away from cyber crimes. In the meantime, as I pause for just a moment, uh, I want to thank all of you that have been helping so diligently uh, over the past few weeks. Not only did my wife lose her mother, she also lost her best friend. Two different funerals, two different individuals, and two very important parts of our family. So for all of you that sent their cards, the messages, uh, helped out with uh, even raising money for the funeral for one of them, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you for not only listening here to this podcast, but supporting me in my personal and professional life. You folks, my friends, my family, my clients who become my friends and family, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And for now, this is Henry Brigman. And you've been listening to Sweet Home PCB.